This is the fifth segment of Michael Ellis's lecture on his system of dog training. If you would like to watch the other four segments, go to my website, to the streaming video section of my website, and you can watch the others. I mentioned briefly luring. We use luring a lot, so I'll touch it lightly here, right? So when we're initially starting to teach behaviors, we use a lure extensively to get behavior in the beginning. So usually with food. So one of the first things we do with our young dogs, we charge up our, our reward marker. So I go out and I say, yes, feed, yes, feed, yes, feed, a hundred times until my dog's conditioned to their sound. And then I show my dog how to follow a, a reward around. So I take a piece of food, I lure my dog like this. As soon as my dog follows that, I say yes, I let the dog access the food. So I'm teaching them to follow my hand around. So I can turn them in circles, move them up, down, all kinds of stuff. They'll follow a lure around. This is what's going to allow us to manipulate the dog into the various positions that we want to teach the dog. So we practice luring, and then we start to incorporate it into our obedience behaviors. And one of the things that we want to do when we're, when we're teaching the dog to lure is we control the dog's body by the dog's head. This is a big part of the system, that what the dog's nose does their rear end will do the opposite. So by controlling the dog's head, we control how their body moves. And luring's an integral part of that. So if I want my dog to sit, I simply pull the dog's nose up. As it follows the food up, its nose goes up, its rear end goes down. If I want my dog's rear end to come up, I simply go under its nose, its nose goes down like this, and the rear end comes up. If I want my dog's rear end to go to my left, I simply pull my dog's nose to the right. right? And this is going to be an integral part of not only our shaping of behavior, but also when we get to healing later, we'll talk a lot about healing, and healing is, head position and healing is critical, because what the dog's head does dictates what the rest of their body does. So, in a nutshell, that's our system for communicating to the dog. We show the dog a reward marker, a continuation marker, and a non-reinforcement or a punishment marker, depending on where we are in our training, and we show the dog how to turn off pressure, in a very controlled environment, and now we have a leash, luring, and a way to communicate to the dog exactly when they're right and wrong. And in a nutshell, that's what we're going to use to teach the dog everything. And it doesn't make any difference what it is. Sit, down, heel, get a beer from the fridge, it's all, it's all the same. We're taking behaviors, we're breaking those behaviors into pieces, we're showing the dog the pieces, we're bringing the pieces together, and timely communication, and being able to tell the dog in a timely fashion when they're right and wrong, that's dog training. And uh, as Ed says a lot, it's uh, simple, but not easy. Like intellectually, you'll get this concept in two listens. You're talking, you're all, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, yep, 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 that's easy, good, good, no problem, it sounds perfect. The actual execution, of course, is not so easy, right? Like the separation and the moving, is a lot of rehearsal on the physical aspects of doing it. But the concepts, not difficult at all. Any questions on that stuff? Sure, and we'll do it, we'll show you with dogs as we progress, but the biggest thing is that we use the leash and a training collar to teach the dog to move with the leash. So we start out with, um, I usually use, depends on the sensitivity of the dog, right? So if I have a very sensitive dog, I may just use a slip lead, one of those little light nylon slip leads. If I have a not so sensitive dog, I use a little pinch collar. I get one of the small, like poodle pinch collars, the little tiny ones. I put a pinch collar on the dog or whatever active training collar I need. And then once it's on the dog, I simply take the leash and I pull in straight lines. So if the dog is here in front of me, facing me, I would just take the leash and I'd pull straight forward like this, in a straight line. The dog puts on the brakes, 
like they normally do. They resist, and I just keep the steady pressure pulling. I don't say anything, I just pull, 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 pull. And eventually the dog goes, oh, this is uncomfortable, this is uncomfortable, and boom, they shoot forward, they come with me. And as soon as they come with me, they give to the leash, I mark it, yes, I turn all, I take all the pressure off the leash, I either let go or just let it go slack, and then I reward them by petting them or giving a piece of food or whatever, right? But ultimately, their whole, the whole idea is that they turn pressure off. Now let's say they're beside me, and I just go like this, and I pull straight along their back even in a straight line. As soon as they feel the pressure, they resist, Pressure, 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 they finally take a step backwards. And as soon as they move backwards off the leash pressure, I mark it, release the dog. Yay, good job, right? And if I do this a few sessions, and pretty soon I can literally take two fingers and hold the leash, and I pull a little bit, and the dog just goes with it. He doesn't resist it at all. And at that point, my dog has learned to give to the leash. And he subtly learned to turn off pressure. So then I can use it to teach my dog all kinds of things. Because now, once he's learned to go with it, it becomes no long, it's no longer aversive anymore, right? It's no longer... Uh, stressful for the dog. It's a signal, right? It's my way of making him move with the leash. So now, let's say I put him beside me and I want to teach him to back up on command. I simply say back, pull back with the leash, yes, reward. Back, pull back with the leash, yes, reward. Back, pull back with the leash, yes, reward. And I do that 20 times and then I say back and look, my dog took a step back without me pulling the leash. Excuse me. And then I've taught him that behavior. I've taught him to turn off pressure and move. So now I've I, I accomplished two main things with that. One is I've given myself a tool other than luring to manipulate the dog's behavior. And I'm going to use leash pressure at that point to teach the dog the finish, to come to heel. I'm going to use it to teach the dog to back up and heel. I'm going to use it to teach the dog to get closer to me or move its rear end. I can use the leash now in a lot of different ways to manipulate behavior. And then also I've taught the dog to turn off pressure. So if now my dog, I hit the my dog's older, my dog's 18 months or two years old, and I need to start correcting my dog, my dog doesn't freak out. They know what it is, and they know how to turn it off, right? So for me, compulsion, one of the most important parts about compulsion is I want my dog to understand what I want from them, and I want them to know how to turn the pressure off. So meaning I've shown them what I expect them to do, I've shown them there's something in it for them, I've shown them how to turn pressure off, and now I say, okay, this is your clear path to getting it right. But what happens a lot is people start using corrections before the dog is fluent in the behavior, before the dog knows what's expected, and they haven't shown the dog how to turn pressure off. So now the dog really stresses, and the dog stresses in a way that associates it with whatever obedience exercise you were trying to teach. And so now that dog starts to hate that exercise, or hate obedience, or not want to be around you. All the bad things we see from pressure training are, it's, uh, are come down to bad communication. If my dog knows what I want, knows how to turn the pressure off, and has a good relationship with me, I can pressure my dog a lot. I can use a lot of correction, and my dog looks good. He looks happy. He's fine with it. He knows what he had to do. It was like, okay, I got it. I got it. I know what I need to do. And he does it right. Boom. He gets a reward. Excellent. But if my dog doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to turn pressure off, and I try to use compulsion in my training, now that's the dog that looks like the traditionally compulsed dog we've all seen. They say heel and the dog goes, like heels on next to you like, oh, I'm so sad, right? That's just bad compulsion training, right? It's somebody wasn't clearly communicating with the dog. The dog didn't know what it needed to do, wasn't sure how to turn it off, so you get all this bad stress signs around it. But if we're careful about it, then we give ourselves the tools to pressure the dog later without all the bad aesthetic fallout that we traditionally see poorly executed compulsion-based training. We're going to end this part of the lecture here. Our next newsletters will be a continuation of this lecture from Michael Ellis.